You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. Hey, uh, I'm excited about this series. I'm looking forward to today in week two, uh, The Ghost. We're actually talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, actually, in the King James Virgin, uh, Version, yikes, uh, the King James Version, the KJV, the Holy Spirit's called the Holy Ghost. And, uh, but we know him as the Holy Spirit. Um, all right, now, the Holy Spirit, just, just the whole idea of talking about the Holy Spirit is kind of strange for some of you. It is a missing and misunderstood doctrine, belief, issue. It is abused, it is neglected, uh, and it is something that a Christian cannot survive without. And it would do well for you uh, if you understand what's, what's, what's this series is about. It's about empowering you to be a new person. And the Holy Spirit is the key to this whole thing. Last week, we unpacked uh, who the Holy Spirit was with a Holy Spirit 101. So a quick review of last week. Uh, last week, we took a look at, at a partial. We laid a partial foundation. Some of the core values we need to understand is the number one, the Holy Spirit is a who, not a what. The Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not some sort of uh, just you know, vague power. He's not some kind of strange influence. According to the Bible, the Holy Spirit is a who. He is someone who is able to grieve, someone who loves, someone who has thoughts. The Holy Spirit is someone who can speak, someone who knows, someone who can be lied to. And the Holy Spirit is someone that can be tested. Though we're not to test God. We're not to test the Holy Spirit. Here's it, but we are to test the other spirits that are out there because the Holy Spirit is the spirit, which is number two, the Holy Spirit is God. And you understand he's not a He's not a what, he's a who, and who is he? He's God. The Holy Spirit is God. Now, we laid this down. This is a core foundation of the Christian church. There is one God, not just one God for us, but one God in the entire universe. To the farthest reaches of the galaxies, there's only one God, the creator of all. There's one God, but he has this, this triadic formula in the New Testament that is a mystery, whereas the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all called God, are all referred to as individual persons, but yet the New Testament and the Old Testament over and over again says there is one God. So they, we have this mystery that we as Christians call the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. In the Old Testament, he was, he was the power and influence in the breath of God. In the New Testament, he's the empowering spirit in a believer's life and the one who brings the miraculous. He, is, he has all the attributes of God. He is holy, eternal, omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. The Holy Spirit empowers us for special tasks. Jesus said that he would baptize his followers in the Holy Spirit. That, that word baptized means to be dunked dipped, uh, soaked, uh, drenched, immersed in the Spirit. We're going to be talking about that particularly, specifically next week, what it means to be baptized in the Spirit. Why do so many people neglect it? 
Some of, some of you last week are like, that sounds really good. It's really interesting. I, you know, I, put out, I brought out my Nikes last week and I put on my tennis shoes and I said, it's time for us to walk in the spirit. You know, when we have the right kind of shoes on, we feel like we can run faster, jump higher, go further. When we got the shoes that we like, we walk with a sense of confidence. The Holy Spirit does all that and more. But how and why do we walk in the spirit? What benefit does it do to understand this? Well, why do so many people who are Christians have a spirit-less life? Two reasons. Number one, some are unaware of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 19, uh, they asked some disciples of John if they had received the Holy Spirit, and their answer was, no, we have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And there's a similar situation in churches today where churches avoid even talking or teaching about it because they're afraid of what it might unleash or what it might mean. But he is such a vital, important role of our walk. If we neglect it, then we're, we're basically giving a powerless church uh, the ability to work in the flesh, not in the spirit. We're called to, to talk about this. It's ignored. People are afraid of it. There's poor doctrine on it. Uh, some would say it doesn't even exist or have any meaning for us today. And the second reason why people live a powerless, spiritless life is that some resist the Holy Spirit. Acts 7.51, Jesus talking to Pharisees, he said, you stiff-necked people, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Resist the Holy Spirit. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. I've got my cool jam box here today. Is this not, is this not cool? You hear that? Okay. What is that? All right. Now I want you to hear, think for just a second. You hear the static. But if you listen real quiet, listen, listen really good. Listen, you hear that? You hear Elvis? No, no. Listen, no. You hear? You hear journeys I can't stop believing? You, you, hear, you hear your favorite country song or rock song? Probably not. But you know what? It's in this room. And, 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 and it's actually, the, those voices are in this room right now in airwaves. And the only difference between you hearing that voice and not hearing that voice is real simple. Is you got to tune it in. Okay? So let's see what we can tune in. Okay? Because in this room, there's, there's music already. Let's see if we can tune in. I have no idea what we're going to find first, so. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> oh, that's, that's kind of a Christian, that's a church service right there. You are good all the time. All right. Think that's a church service? No friends around here, bro. All right, bro. You try to hit anything that mercy endureth forever. All right. Here's the point. I could go through the dial. And in this room right now, our, our airwaves, our, our, our sound is music, radio waves right now. You can't even see them. 
All you have to do, though, is find the right frequency and tune in to that voice to hear that song. It's in this room. And you know what we need? We need, you need the antenna. And you know, here's, here's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit, you're the radio, getting silence in our life, giving, giving the Holy Spirit our attention, our time is the antenna. Surrounding ourselves with, with things that encourage the voice of the Spirit, getting rid of, a, of bad habits or things that kind of dis- cloud and distract us from the Spirit of God. You know, getting that quiet place, that's the antenna. And then we just got to take the time to tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit that's already speaking to you if you'll just find His frequency. What I'm going to ask you to do today is to find the frequency of the Holy Spirit. Find, tune in to the Holy Spirit. You see, some of you who are followers of Christ, you don't realize this, but the Holy Spirit's talking all day to you if you'll just tune into his voice. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you about your family, about your work, about your life. He's talking to you about your kids, about your marriage. The Holy Spirit is right now talking to you. We just have to put up the antenna, clear out the distractions, put ourselves in a place where we get good reception and tune in to the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you today to tune in to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit tell you 11 reasons why you need him. Okay, we're going to hit these pretty quick because you're like 11, yo. All right, we're going to hit them pretty fast. 11 reasons why you need the Holy Spirit. The first two we looked at last week, so I'm just going to touch on them. Is last week I said that because we can't know God on our own, the number one reason for the Holy Spirit is he leads you to salvation. You can't want to know him, desire to know him. You can't even want to want to know him. Uh, you can't say Jesus is Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. You can't even want to come to church apart from the Holy Spirit. You can't even want to want to pray without the Holy Spirit. He, we looked at last week, draws anyone and everyone who will listen, tune into his frequency to God. And the number two reason is that because we're weak in our faith, the Holy Spirit brings us boldness to witness. And we see this over and over again. Uh, We need boldness to stand strong by ourselves. We're weak, we're quiet. And there's a reason why there's a lot of empty chairs here is because you lack the boldness of the Holy Spirit to ignite you, to invite, to witness, to share. You see, the church went from a group of 12, actually 12 apostles and about 150 disciples The group went from about 150 in one week to 3,000 in a day and then thousands and thousands in a month. And then by the time it reached about 40 years, they numbered in the millions. Why? Because the boldness of the Holy Spirit ignited them to tell somebody not to go back to work as usual on Monday. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He ignites us. He empowers us to boldness to be a witness. The Holy Spirit, in Acts 1-8, Jesus says, if you'll go back and wait for the Holy Spirit, he says, I'm going to give you a gift that's going to be life-altering for you. He says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and you will have power to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. So if you're walking in the Spirit, you are a witness 
And if you're not walking in the spirit, you're not a witness. And that's just as simple as it gets. So if you're not a witness, if you're not like standing up in some degree for your faith at work, at home, in your life, with your friends or your family, then you need to get on your face and get the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Some of you desire to see your family change, but you have no boldness. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. All right, the next one, and uh, we're going to jump to number three, and we're going to hit these pretty swiftly, is uh, found in John 16, 13. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And he will speak, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. As I said last week, the invisible father sent the visible Jesus, his son. And then that, in that visible son then sent his invisible spirit so that he might be made visible to the world through us. So the invisible sent the visible, the visible sent the invisible so that us, he might be visible. And this is what he's saying. He says, I'm going to send you somebody and he's going to do this. Because we're not as smart as God, this is number three, the Holy Spirit brings guidance and counsel. I mean, let's be honest, we're prone to poor choices. We are, we are often dangerously following our heart. Our conscience should not be our guide. We should not follow our heart because our heart is deceptively wicked. Our conscience and our desires, our wills are self-preservation oriented. So when we follow our desires, our unctions, our movements, our will, we're stepping outside of God's plan and God's will. We are to submit our life to his will. How do we know that? Through the Holy Spirit. We make an incredibly large amount. I'm just curious. Anybody here ever made a poor choice? I'm just, anybody. The rest of you, good job. A lot of you didn't raise your hand. You're sharp. You, maybe you don't need the Holy Spirit. I do. Because I'm prone to poor choices. And there's moments when, when over and over, we're told that the Holy Spirit illuminates the word of God so that we might know what God's will for our life is. The breath of God teaches us what the God-breathed word means. Acts 13 through 15, it talks about how the early church has this moment where they're praying and seeking the voice of the Spirit. In Romans 8, 14, it says that the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Isaiah puts it this way in verse 30, chapter 30, verse 21. He says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. See, that's the Spirit of God. Some of you here today need direction. Some of you here at a crossroads, you're at a road and you see a fork in the road. Should I go here? Should I go there? What should I do about this relationship? What should I do about my job? What should I do about my family? What should I do about my marriage? What should I do about fill in the blank? It doesn't, sometimes they're huge. Sometimes they're small, but the Holy Spirit is there to give us counsel and direction. That's why, the, that's why Jesus said, that's one of the reasons I'm giving you the Spirit so he can lead you and guide you into all truth. Here's the fourth reason, is because we are forgetful, the Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us what Jesus did. How many of you guys are like in here going, man, this is good stuff. So you want to go to Dickie's afterwards? 
man, Jesus, you changed my life. How about payway or chilies or I've got a roast in the oven. I used to have a pastor when I was a teenager. He used to always say, he used to, like it was a charismatic church that ran really long all the time. And he would go, some of you guys are worried about your roast. He goes, if you're worried about your roast, your roast is already cooked. <laughs> you know, some of us, we leave here and our mind's like, yeah, that's good service. Check, church off the list. Came, now the day is mine. We often hear the voice of God, we hear the word of God, or we read the scripture, and then we're, we're so quick to forget that the Holy Spirit, one of the things he does is he reminds us of what Jesus said. He teaches and reminds us. John 14, 26 says this. He says, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. You know, sometimes you're, you're at work on Monday or Tuesday and you're going, you're going through your day and all of a sudden, you know what? I, you know what? That reminds me of what something Pastor Ted said on Sunday or something that was said in our small group last night or something that I heard on the radio from that preacher or something that I was just reading in my Bible a few days ago. This immediately reminds me of that. That's the Holy Spirit reminding you and convicting you and drawing you back to that life transformational word of God. You see, my opinions will never change you. Only the word of God will change you through the spirit of God. And you might like that story or that illustration. I like that radio. That was kind of cool. That's a cool idea. I never thought about that. But you know what? That's not going to change your life until you decide to tune into the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit speak to you and remind you of what his word says. John 15, 26 says, and when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father, he says, he will testify about me. You see, the goal of the Holy Spirit is to point to Jesus. The goal of the Holy Spirit is not to point to himself. Even though the father, son, and Holy Spirit are all God, and there's only one God. There's not three gods, there's one God. It's the mystery, the profound complexities of a multidimensional being and us being uh, three-dimensional and God being multidimensional. We will never fully grasp what that, under, what that means and how to understand that. But I will tell you this, that the Holy Spirit's role is to point to Jesus and Jesus' role is to point to the Father. The Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus said and everything that Jesus does is to the glory of the Father. So we're not to be like, like calling out to the Holy Spirit, though we might mention the Holy Spirit in our prayers. Holy Spirit, fall on us. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. We love you because you're praying to God. It's not blasphemy to mention the Holy Spirit or talk to the Holy Spirit, but our emphasis is always to get our eyes on Jesus who will ultimately glorify the Father. The Holy Spirit will testify about me, he says. Here's the fifth thing. Because we are weak in times of crisis, this is the fifth reason, is that the Holy Spirit brings comfort. When life hurts, when there's confusion, when there's trials, when you are depressed, when there's tragedy, some of you are in the middle of tremendous confusion right now. Uh, an immense amount of tragedy is facing you right now. Some of you, you are about to embark on one of the most difficult years of your entire life. And some of you, you don't even know it yet because it happens tomorrow. 
or it happens this week or before this year is out, you're going to be faced with life-altering events that will cause you to, to actually be hurting in ways you never thought you could hurt. But the Holy Spirit, because we're weak in times of crisis, the Holy Spirit brings comfort. John 14, 16, Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. The word advocate there, some translations uh, have the alternate translation, which is the meaning, and that is the comforter, that the Father will send you another, the comforter, the advocate, to help you and be with you forever. John 16, 7, Jesus said, but verily, truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, which is the comforter, will not come to you, but if I go, he will send, I will send him to you. Guys, this is, this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to travel to a holy city to find Jesus, to find comfort. There's not a Mecca for the Christian church. There's no pilgrimage necessary in order for us to, to get in a place where God's presence abides. Because according to Jesus, the comforter is coming your way. See, that's the difference between Christianity and every religion in the world. Every religion in the world is man's attempt to climb and to get and to travel and to work their way to God. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God sent his only son. He came to us. And then Jesus, after he redeems us, he sends the comforter to us. And I love this. Even in the Old Testament, the prophets had to climb the mountains to find God. They had to build the altar and go to certain places and certain locations. There was a city where God's presence abided, but not anymore. We don't have to travel to Jerusalem. We don't have to climb a mountain. We can be in the deepest, darkest places on this planet, and the comforter comes to us. There are people, there are brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that are right now being persecuted for their faith. Many of them are in prison. Many of them are being physically tortured. Many of them are being mutilated. Many of them have lost their family. Many of them have, have, have been uh, dismembered. It's not abnormal for Christianity. Christianity is the number one persecuted faith in the world Though there's a third of the world claims Christian faith that is the most persecuted in the world. Christians, and we've talked about this before, Christians globally have the, you know, there are people that, that, that will hold Christians down and pour acid on their face to, to, to mark them. Women that are, uh, that are tortured and, and, and uh, um, horrible things done to them so they'll never have children. The point is this, Christians around the globe right now the Holy Spirit's on his way. The Holy Spirit is there comforting them in the midst of trial, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of pain, in the midst of, of confusion. The Holy Spirit, the comforter, is on the way. And when you read the news and you see the world, sometimes you think, man, I just feel hopeless. It seems like things are going south. Well, listen to Romans 15, 13. It says, my God of hope, may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So when you look at that world, when you look at the newspaper, when you read the tragedy of, the, of another shooting, when you see the, the, the violence and the, the racial wars, when you see that, man, I got hope. I got hope, you know why? Because I got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's comforting me and giving me this sense of hope. As a believer, you're not to walk in depression. You're not to walk in fear. You're not to walk in anxiety. Perfect love casts out all fear, the Bible says. And the Bible also says we have not been given the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And guess who that spirit is? It's the Holy Spirit. So quit walking like the world is going to pie and be a person of hope and life in a world that is struggling in a world that's falling apart in sin. Guys, we are the the light bearers not the ones ringing the bell of doom and gloom. Amen? You know why? Because we have the Holy Spirit who is our comforter. Amen. No need to climb. He's here right now. And here's number six. Because Satan's power is real, the Holy Spirit leads us in spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says that there is a very real war going on that you can't see. In this very room right now, there is a war going on. And it's not a war of flesh and blood, Ephesians 6 says, but it's a war of principalities and powers of the unseen spiritual realm. And there's a war right now in this room for your devotion, for your heart, for the affection of you. The Spirit of God is working in this room, but yet the Demonic spirits of the evil one are in this room as well, working against the spirit of God. The God of all creation is greater than his little tiny creation who is the enemy, Satan. But because Satan is real and because he does have limited power as a fallen spirit, he is a fallen angel. And this fallen angel has limited powers, but he does have some powers. But because they're real and because he took a legion of a third of the angels with him when he fell, thousands of years ago, according to the Bible, then that means there is demonic forces on this planet seeking out to destroy your life. And guess who public enemy number one is to Satan? Every believer that bows the knee to Christ. If you're lost, Satan's got you. But if you're a believer, the enemy has got you on his list of people to discourage, to attack, to inflict, the Bible says, greater is he that is in us, the spirit of God, than he that is in the world. That's the spirits that come against us. But because the spirit world is real, because Satan's power is real, the Holy Spirit guides us and leads us in spiritual warfare. The war is fought and won in prayer. But sometimes we feel defeated. Sometimes we feel beat. We feel deflated. We feel defenseless. But the Holy Spirit steps in. Check out Romans verse 8. It says, the Spirit leads us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us through, through wordless groans. Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever been there where you're praying and you just don't know what to pray. And you're just going, God, God. You're just inside of you. You're just, something inside of you is pulling you and groaning you. You just... You, you, you can't even describe the words of the, the anxiety or the pain or the frustration or the, or the sadness you feel or the trials or the heaviness you feel. The Holy Spirit shows up and he begins to speak through us when we don't even know 
what to say. And he says, and he searches our heart, verse 27, and he knows the mind. Uh, he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. When we don't know what to pray, when we don't have the strength to pray, when we feel like we have, have lost or losing this fight in the spirit realm, the Holy Spirit steps in because Satan's power is real. The Holy Spirit is, leads us in spiritual warfare. Here's another. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the coming weeks. Um, here's number seven. Because our attitudes and emotions fluctuate, the Holy Spirit brings stability. Thank God for that. Let's face it. Most of you are emotionally all over the place. Relationally, uh, relationally you're all over the place. Uh, we struggle, many of us, to maintain stable lives. One day we're doing great. One day we're doing terrible. One afternoon we're doing great. And then that evening we're doing terrible. We, Our emotions, our feelings, our relationships. I mean, here's the problem. You, here's the problem. You ready? Here's the problem. We're all sinners. Turn to your husband or your wife or your friend next to you and say, you're a sinner. (laughs) And I forgive you. (laughs) All right, we are fallen individuals, every one of us in this room. There's not a single person in this room that doesn't struggle with their flesh and doesn't struggle with their sins and their sinful behavior and their habits. But you know what? The Holy Spirit comes in and he brings a sense of unity in our body, in our life, in our relationships. He brings a sense of stability in our life and in our emotions. Ephesians, let's take a look at this. Verse 4 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That means the Spirit of God works to keep our relationships in harmony, in peace, and in unity. In verse uh, 29 of chapter 4 later on, it says, do not let any unwholesome, the word unwholesome is a dead fish. Don't, any, don't let any dead fish come out of your mouth. Uh, that is poisonous words. Have you ever walked into like a, or been around dead fish? Just how awesome, I mean, how terrible, how terrible it, it smells. You know, it's like, yikes, you know, it's just terrible. You can't hurt, well, he says sometimes your words are, are, are like that, are like poison. You just walk in and immediately the environment is like so stinky, you know. It says, don't let unwholesome words come out of your mouth, talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Well, that sounds like good advice, but guess what? When those unwholesome words come out, this is what the next verse says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the, that grieve the Holy Spirit is an anthropopathism. That means you attribute a human emotion to the Spirit of God who is not a human. And though God does not go, you make me sad. The Holy Spirit's not going, oh, man. You know, that's not the Holy Spirit. That grieve the Holy Spirit just means in, in really human relational words, God hates it. Okay, when we allow our words to divide, when we allow our words to condemn and to, you know, just attack, when we allow our words to tear down rather than build up, Paul is saying that grieves the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Man, the Holy Spirit is in you. If you are a believer, you were given the Holy Spirit at salvation. That was one of the things that 
I meant to go over that we talked about last week. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. He's saying these are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Our words and our actions can affect the Spirit of God in our life in bad ways and in good ways. When we use our words to tear down, when we use our actions, our rage, our bitterness, our our attacks against the creation of, of humanity who God loves and adores, we're grieving the Holy Spirit in us. And then he says, he says, Don't talk like that. Don't grieve the spirit. Get rid of all these actions that grieve the spirit. And then he says, be kind and compassionate. This is the other side. Be uh, kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. These are the things that bless the spirit. And then those other things are things that grieve the spirit. Guys, listen. Our submission to the spirit's way of life brings stability to our emotions in our life. When we use our words to attack and tear down and, you know, when we get all vicious, when we let our temper get the best of us and we grieve the Holy Spirit, you know what it feels like for a Christian to grieve the Holy Spirit? You know how it feels? Like sadness. Feels like depression. Feels like this sense of heaviness. It's hard to explain. That's because the Spirit of God in you is is unhappy with your actions and your words. Galatians 5 tells us that walking in the Spirit brings fruit in our relationships, helps us to shape into stable and mature people. Here's number eight. Because we can't work miracles, the Holy Spirit brings ministry gifts. We have a supernatural God who does supernatural things. 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, it says that the Spirit of God gives supernatural gifts to the church. Why does he give supernatural gifts to the church? He gives spiritual gifts, supernatural gifts, skill gifts, all of these through the Holy Spirit for the work of the kingdom of God on the earth. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 said, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Everybody say, to each of us. He's talking to believers. He says, to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. We're going to look at this starting next week. We're going to look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit starting next week, because there's a lot that the Holy Spirit does that's talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. So we're going to unpack those next week. But just know this, you, if you are a follower of Christ, have been empowered by the Holy Spirit with a unique gift for the work of the kingdom through the church to the world to build the kingdom of God. And if you're not walking in that or exercising that or using that, then you're missing what God has designed and crafted you for. Okay, more on that next week. Um, Here's number nine. Uh, Because we live in a confusing world, the Holy Spirit gives discernment. 1 Timothy 4.1 says that there are many deceiving spirits out there today. And they could be they could be the voices of, of people that we know. They could be voices in our mind that are demonic attacks to distract and to, to get us away from God. There's a lot of confusion in the world. There's a lot of confusion in the church. Not all churches are preaching the gospel. Did you know that? Not every church that calls himself Christian is really Christian. Not every pastor is born again. Not every person, not every theology book, not every book sold in a Christian bookstore is reliable. 
There's confusion in the church. There's confusion in theology. There's confusion with the Bible. There's confusion with the voices around us. There's confusion with our feelings. There's confusion with with what's happening in the world. But the Holy Spirit gives discernment. The word discernment is the ability to know what is right and wrong according to God's plan and will. Guys, Jesus said that I will speak and my sheep will hear my voice. Guess who the voice of Jesus is? The Holy Spirit. And in 2 Corinthians 2, it says that God desires to speak to his children, but the only way to hear his will is to know his thoughts through the Holy Spirit. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 2, beginning with 13. It says, this is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. There are some of you that you can't, if you could just try to convince that person to understand Jesus, you would try everything you have, but they're just not getting it. They think that your whole Jesus thing and that the whole church thing is just foolishness, it's out of date or it's bigoted or whatever the reasons are. They just, you know what? That's because it says here, why? Because the spirit, without the spirit, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit because to them they're foolishness. But it says they cannot understand them because they are only discerned They're discerned only through the Spirit. Guys, there are certain things. See, for some of you, it's like, man, spiritual warfare is so clear for you because you understand it. And you know, you trust God's word, you believe it, so you pray. And there are some in this room that you just don't understand that at all. Demons? What? Devil? (laughs) God I can believe in, but but a bad guy? No. See, It's foolishness to you because you lack the spirit of God. Those of us that are Christians, those of us that are followers of Christ, these are revealed to us and we have discernment through the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to start reading books with discernment. You need to watch television with discernment. You need to start listening to the counsel of others through the discernment of the spirit, which will remind you of what Jesus said. Not what your friend says or that coworker says or that person who's got a degree. Some degrees, they just mean they're just way more confused than I am. That's all it means. It just means you're a doctor in confusion, you know. And there's nothing wrong with a doctorate and there's nothing wrong with counseling, but not all counseling is going to be counseling that's going to lead you to freedom. You need to use discernment and the Holy Spirit brings it. Here's a, number 10. We're going to wrap this up pretty quick. Is it because we need to connect with God, the Holy Spirit manifests himself when we worship God. Guys, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes God just says, know that I love you and go to work. And then you go to work and you're like, I don't feel loved by God. I don't, man, I feel like everywhere I'm turning, there's attacks. There's like persecution. There's like, man, I feel like, man, I, somebody hit my car. You know, I'm worried of cutbacks. I might get fired or I lost my job. You, you just, and God just saying, just know that I love you. But you know it, but you don't feel it, right? And then here's what happens. But God says, if two or more gathered in my midst to do kingdom work business, when the church gets together, 
I'll let you feel it. So when we come to church, when we worship God, we're not singing songs. And we're lifting up the name of Jesus. And you know what he does? He reaches down and he says, oh, you need this. He gives us a big old bear hug. And sometimes, man, when we connect, we just start bawling. We start moving. You ever been in a moment of worship? You're like, oh, yes. You're looking at the guy next to you doing that. What? Where's my coffee? I'm going to watch this. You're not in the spirit. The spirit of God is, will respond to those that worship. They, he will. If you come in here to sing a song, you'll think, when is the song over? How long is this going to go? But if you get in a place where you get the arms of God around you and the Holy Spirit manifests himself in our presence through our worship, then you know what happens? You don't ever, you don't want to leave it. But we got to end it because we got a movie at 12 today. And sometimes we don't have that, that liberty to keep on going. But you know what? Those of us that love to worship, man, we could just do it all day long. Because when you get in the presence of God, he says, I'll show you myself. I'll manifest myself. I am with you, omnipresent, everywhere. But there are special moments where he's manifest presence shows up. And when we come together to worship or when you worship in your car or when you're on your knees in your bedroom and you've got your hands lifted to adore the one and only true adoration worthy of the entire, uh, of our entire hearts worship, you know what happens? He shows up. He shows up because the Holy Spirit manifests himself. When we worship God, Philippians 3, 3 says that when we worship, it's through the spirit of God. Listen to what Jesus said in John 4. He was talking to the woman at the well in a conversation about where God is at and where he lives and where his presence is at came up. And this is what Jesus said in verse 23. He says, yet a time is coming and now, uh, and has now come with his presence. What he's come to bring is this. He says that when true worshipers will worship the father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Guys, listen, God is not looking for worship. You know, he's not going, no, stop, no, stop, no, please. No, he's not saying, when are you going to worship me? You know, I'm worthy, doggone it. You know, he's not demanding your worship. You know what he wants? The heart of a worshiper. Someone who's broken in spirit and acknowledges his power God says, that's the person I can use. Not the worship that I want, but the person that I can use. He says, those who, uh, that God desires, uh, that a time will come uh, when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks or desires. Verse 24, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Guys, we don't need a certain song. We don't need a certain voice. We don't need that guitar solo for the lights to be just right. We truly only need the Holy Spirit because that's the only way we're ever going to truly connect to God. Romans 12.1 says that true worship, that true worship is a life that reflects God in our actions and in our that's a problem because we are big at stumbling. We fall and fail. So this is the last thing today is number 11, why we need the Holy Spirit is because we can't change ourselves. 
And because of that, the Holy Spirit convicts and matures us in holiness. He is the Holy Spirit. He is holy and he helps us to walk in holiness. Guys, listen, Jesus saves and redeems and calls you holy. Now the Holy Spirit helps you to live holy. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you holy. The blood of Jesus makes you holy. And because of that, you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's presence in your life helps you to live holy lives. And guys, this is huge. There are too many Christians that feel like just because God has saved them that they can live like hell instead of live like holy. Guys, listen, some of you have allowed way too much liberty in your life. And the Holy Spirit is saying, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, not in my house. It's a terrible joke. I just love it. The Holy Spirit said, not in my house, because this, you are holy. It's time to be holy. That's what John 16, 8 says. It says, and when he, the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's judgment, uh, of God's righteousness. That means his, his expectations and of the coming judgment. Guess what the coming judgment is? The future hell for those of us that say no to Christ. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't just, you want to know Jesus? We love you. Come on in. But the Holy Spirit also says you're in sin. The Holy Spirit also says you need to stop this. The Holy Spirit says that is not wise behavior. That is not good behavior. The Holy Spirit reminds you of God's word to mature you because we cannot change ourselves. Romans 8, 13 says that through the spirit of God, there's victory over the flesh. 2 Corinthians three eighteen says that we are transformed into God's image more and more by the spirit of God. Guys, to have a real lasting change, to have a truly transformed life, for things to be truly different in your life, you need the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you've said yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit moved in and you've been hearing all these voices, I should do this, shouldn't do this. And you're like, ah, and some of you, you just block it out and you come to church, you do your thing and then you go back and you're moved, you're grieved in the spirit. So you're constantly just like, ah, you feel terrible and you can't understand why as a Christian you feel so miserable all the time because the Holy Spirit is grieved by your actions and he's convicting you of your sin. The only way you're truly going to have a changed marriage, a changed family, a changed life, a changed attitude, the only way you're going to break free from that addiction, the only way you're going to say no to that thing that's got you by the neck is through the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 says this, so I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You see real change in your life? You need the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 5 and 6 says this, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, well, I like this, there is life and peace. Anybody here want some peace? 
Anybody here needs some peace in your family, in your life? Your efforts to change yourself will only bring short-lived fruit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to comfort, counsel, convict, and change your life. I want to leave you with some spirit-filled advice as we close this service this morning. Is this spirit-filled advice. Number one, don't resist the Spirit. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Like Jesus told the Pharisees, you stiff-necked people, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Guys, you ever heard of the one sin that is unforgivable? It's called the unpardonable sin or the unforgivable sin. And guess what that one sin is? Blaspheme of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you can talk bad about my father, you'll be forgiven. You can talk bad about me, you'll be forgiven. He says, but if you talk bad about the Holy Spirit, he says, woe is you. There's no hope for you. In fact, he told the Pharisees, that's exactly what you've done, and you're going to hell because you've committed a sin that is unforgivable. Why is the Holy Spirit neglecting and grieving? Why is resisting the Holy Spirit so important? Because when you say no to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's the only way you can ever know God. And he'll say, you know what? I'm done with you then. I'm done with you. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Number two, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. As we said in Ephesians 4, it says, don't grieve the Spirit of God. That means in your actions and your neglect and your sinful habits. Some of you are always down and depressed and can't figure out why, because your life grieves the Holy Spirit. So you're always down. You're always confronted with, with struggle and pain and frustration. You always, you're getting angry all the time because you're grieving the Holy Spirit in your actions and in your life. Here's the third advice, yield to the Spirit. Galatians 5 and Romans 8 says that since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, learning to yield and respond to the Spirit. When you feel that nudge of conviction in your heart and in your mind, respond to that. When you hear the Word of God and you know it's for you, walk in it. When you hear that voice, go uh Go, uh, say, go and pray with that person or go and talk to that person. You know what you need to do? You need to yield to it. And here's the last one, is be filled with the Spirit. It just got dark in here. It's, as long as the music doesn't come on, because that's what's about, about to happen. Don't resist the Spirit, don't grieve the Spirit, but yield to the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says this very simply. It says, don't get drunk. It means don't be under the influence of wine, don't get drunk on wine, be under its influence, which leads to debauchery, which means leads to stupidity and poor choices and just a lot of regret. He says, but instead be filled with the Spirit. He says, instead be under the influence of the voice and the Spirit of God in your life. Be filled there means continually filled. We're going to talk about this next week, about what it means to be filled with the Spirit, to be baptized in the Spirit, what it means to experience this. We're going to unpack this next week. So I want to end with this one verse. I'm going to pray with you today. As I want to give you a promise, a very simple promise when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 38, and then we're going to pray. Is this, Peter replied, repent. That means turn around, turn from yourself and turn to Jesus. Turn from your life and turn to the life of Christ. Turn to his way, away from your way. Repent, turn around, and be baptized. 
Now that we're baptized, we talked about baptism last week. It's, it's a declaration of faith. It says, I am born again. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. This is not a formula. Baptism is a, is a declaration that you are born again. But he says this, he says, every one of you, if you do this in the name of Jesus, forgiveness of sins, he says this, you will receive the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. You see, you need the Father, his love, plan, purpose for your life. You need Jesus, his saving grace, redemption, and salvation of life. And you need the Holy Spirit, his comfort, conviction, and counsel, and power in your life. And if you will bow the knee to Christ today, you can meet the comforter right now. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you that your spirit is here to convict and move and work in our life. And God, I believe there are some, some Christians that have been convicted by some areas of their life that I didn't even mention. But God, that, that your spirit, uh, that you did say to them in their hearts, some of you right now, God is revealing some things to you that the Holy Spirit is saying he's convicting you of. Will you not resist it anymore, but yield to it? Don't grieve the spirit, but walk in it. Listen to the voice of the Spirit for just a moment. What is he saying to you? Some of you here, you're not a follower of Christ, and what the Spirit is saying to you is come. Come, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you comfort, and I will give you hope, and I will give you peace. Some of you need peace right now. Some of you Christians, you need peace right now. The Holy Spirit is the comfort. Father, we are here before you today. Speak to us. Change us. If you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I, I need to give my life to Christ. It's, I'm hearing God's voice. And I'm not going to be happy until I finally do it. And you know it's moving inside of you and you don't understand why your heart's beating so fast and and, and, and why you feel uh, like, like I'm talking to you and you're on the edge of your seat and you don't know why, it's the Holy Spirit calling you to come home. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus right where you are. Just say, Jesus, here's my life. Go ahead and tell him, Jesus, here's my life. I turn from my life and I turn to your life. Forgive me of my sin, Jesus. Wash me clean. Fill me with your spirit. Go ahead and tell him, God, forgive me and fill me with your spirit. Teach me to walk with you. I need you, God. Father, thank you that you moved in to a heart and a life right now. And if someone here who needs peace, who needs comfort, will you just, let's all just stand these last couple moments. Let's just stand. I'm gonna have the ushers come forward. Sean's gonna pray for the offering, but I wanna pray for you. If you need comfort, if you need peace, if you need to hear from God, if you, then I want you just to raise your hands as a sign of surrender. Just raise your hands right where you are as a sign of surrender to the Lord. It's a biblical position. And just call out to God. God, I need you. God, I need you. I need your peace. Holy Spirit, come and fill my life, fill my heart.
Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.